0: You're listening to Conversion Cast, presented by LeadFerno. I'm your host, Aaron Weike. Conversion Cast focuses on digital marketing and conversion, exploring the art and science to turn a lurker on your website to a lead, a browser to a buyer. Today, we explore topic clusters and internal linking. My guest is Zach Kadish, manager of SEO customer success at Conductor, a marketing platform for enterprise SEO content and web teams. Zach has an extensive background as an SEO analyst, strategist, and now success team manager for Conductor, as they serve clients like Citibank, Kroger, Samsung, Vans, WeWork, and GoDaddy. I know Zach is going to give us a cluster of great ideas in this episode. Let's go. Zach Kadish, thank you so much for joining me today on Conversion Cast.
1: Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Excited to be here.
0: This is absolutely a subject I have... Already earmarked in launching this podcast, and now we're already eight to ten episodes in when this one airs, just because I think it's so important. I've already done a number of episodes on content and content creation. And the reason why for me is, even though it can be daunting for businesses, it is one of the most controllable aspects and approachable aspects that you have within SEO. So when I watched another webinar that uh, you were um, doing on topic clusters. um, And looking at this approach, I was like, sweet, I want to have Zach on to to talk about this because this is such an important topic. So let's start with it for those not familiar. Give us the 101 on what is a topic cluster?
1: Yeah, great question. And, you know, there's a lot of different content marketing models and in some degree they are similar to a sense. But just to kind of start off, you know, one on one level, a topic cluster is really just, you know, an approach when we're creating subtopic pages to really boost or establish your authority around a service line, around, you know, a specific topic and, you know, the part the, the main part of a, a topic cluster is to really dive deep into the topic itself. You can answer the questions users are talking about at all the different stages of their journey.
0: And it seems like there's two specific approaches to this structurally when you're trying to create this topic cluster. One is hub and spoke, is- and then the other is pillar page. Can you break each of those down a little bit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, again, they are in a sense similar where the main goal is to boost your authority, but there's different kind of avenues that we can take here. Like, Let's start off with the hub and spoke. I think this is a really important model when there are a lot of longer tail keywords or questions around a topic, around one of your main services. So for instance, we would take the hub as kind of like your main page. That's talking about your main product. And then all that spoke content is linked off of that hub page. So you can use that hub page as like a navigational resource. So all the users can find, you know, easily find the content related to it. And it's all linked directly there. While the pillar page, you know, it's similar where you're providing a lot of in depth content, but this is really like a standalone page. Some people call this like a cornerstone content because it's really, you know, a page by itself. That's really very long form, very in depth. That answers all the questions a user might have right on that one
0: page. Awesome. So we have those two different kind of structural approaches to it. But what do we need to think about in terms of strategy? You know, which one to use and the why or when to it.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's very important. A lot of a lot of my clients are like, hey, how can I implement this? Like, when do I start? What I would recommend is, you know, if there are a lot of different keywords that are all like, you know, all have pretty good customer demand, I would recommend in that instance, probably creating a hub and spoke model, mainly because, you know, it's a good way to boost your authority around a main topic. You can internally link all this different content and make it very easy for users to find. When we're thinking of pillar pages, I would then more focus this like if we have like a comprehensive guide around a product. This could be for beginners or for advanced users, or if it's really targeted around like what is or how to content, that's when I would start to think about creating, a, you know, a more long form pillar page content that's kind of standalone.
0: Awesome. I, I love when people break down. It's, it's easy to like see a strategy and think, oh yeah, I want to put that strategy in play. But even in front of that, understanding the why you should pick each strategy and approach is important. So thanks for bringing the, the clarity to that. Yeah. Let's focus for a second on topic clusters. Can you walk us through what, you know, what are the steps in an a approach to creating a, a topic cluster that you would walk through with a client?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first step is like, we need a topic. We need to focus on something. This could be as easy as like, you know, the main thing your business is, you know, focused on one of the main product lines. Could also be around like an area of the business that might be like underperforming or we just don't have a lot of content around. That could be one of the areas to first start off with. Once we've picked the topic, we have to do that keyword research. You know, it's really hard to create customer demand, but we want to make sure that, you know, we're talking to our clients and answering their questions. So in this instance, doing that research, finding the customer's voice, then really creating that content and, and understanding how to structure it in a correct way. Uh, so then it's like you know, following the best practices of optimizing your content, making sure it's user-friendly, and again, internally linking all of that related content so both the, like Google and the user can really understand what the main part of this page is around and what's related to it.
0: Yeah. So do you have any recommendations when somebody... Uh, uh, it seems like a lot of people kind of easily understand or they at least have an idea in their head keyword research-wise on the main topic. What are some of the steps or tools or approaches you think are a good idea to take to find those? What are those related terms to that main keyword?
1: Yeah, great question. I mean, if you have like access to um, an SEO platform or you know some type of tool, doing that research to find those longer tail phrases related to your main content—that's definitely the first step. Sometimes you can also reverse engineer in a sense, like if you just go to Google, take a step back from your company and like type in things that you feel your customers might actually search, see what's out there. Like, you know, see what whether it's your direct competitors or just other people answering these questions. You can also put their pages into one of these tools uh, or one of these platforms and see what they rank for, see what their structure is. Like, do they have a very in-depth subfolder structure? That way it's actually a little easier to see like, okay, Google's already rewarding them for these types of keywords. We don't have this content on our site. Let's start to create it.
0: Yeah, I think that's a you know great point. And even at a at a basic level, I would think businesses could even look at things by doing that keyword search and looking at you know the the people also ask section and the related searches section to start providing some of that, even if you don't have access to an SEO research tool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Or even you know just typing the keyword into Google and seeing what kind of shows up in the auto population field. So I think all of those approaches are great, especially if you don't have access to one of these tools.
0: Always comes down to there's more at your fingertips, and then you realize you don't need to be paying for something. You just need to be paying attention. Good point. Is probably a key aspect. Yeah. So great. Uh, We have this understanding in what is a topic cluster? What's the approach? Give us a few ideas on what this looks like when um, best executed. Can you share a couple examples from uh, clients you've worked with?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think my favorite thing around these models is, you know, anyone can benefit from it. Any industry, whether you're B2C, B2B, big or small, like anyone can really do this. So some examples just from, you know, working with different clients. Um, Let's take uh, one that's more B2C, uh, Dick's Sporting Goods. So, you know, they have a lot of retail stores, but, you know, they want to kind of build up their online organic presence. And, you know, they sell a lot of sports gear and sports products, but What they noticed is they didn't have content around how to use these products, like, for instance, how to use a baseball bat or how to shoot a basketball. So they created, you know, a hub called Pro Tips, where they can actually now focus on all the different sports and the different products they sell. But they're creating, you know, content on teaching users how to actually do these activities, like how to type style content. And this way, they can actually then link back to the products that they're selling. Or, you know even if a user purchased the product from some other company, they're actually learning how to use it from dick. so if they need to purchase something again in the future, where else will they go but Dick sporting goods?
0: Yeah, awesome great way to build brand through education, being a resource and just continuing to build trust with the consumer. Uh, you have another one I think in, in the B2B space.
1: Yeah, exactly. you know so just kind of pivoting to you know another type of company that's done this. Um, Walters Kluwer, for example. They are, you know, they have a lot of different business lines, but one of the main areas that they saw that they didn't have a lot of content around was around taxes. Uh, So they created a resource center all around taxes because consumers had a lot of pain points and a lot of questions around, you know, how to do your taxes, different types of style of questions for their taxes in general. And Walter's Kluwer wasn't answering these types of questions. So again, they created kind of like a resource center for all things related to taxes. So users now have a good place to go. And whatever part of the buyer's journey they're at. And and in both, in both examples, they saw like a massive increase in organic rankings, in page one visibility, traffic, and in conversions They really boosted their authority around all these different types of topics.
0: Great enterprise, big time examples. I obviously have a wide range of listeners and Leadferno is a product. We serve a lot of small businesses and their conversion needs, as well as smaller digital marketing agencies. So with that, can you kind of shift that angle and and give us some ideas like how might a, a small business or a local service business use this um, strategy? What what might that look like?
1: Yeah, no, I love that question. And, and that's one of my favorite things, honestly, about these marketing models or even with SEO is because like some of these small time players or, or businesses can still compete with you know the bigger businesses if they're doing this in the right way. So like, let's say you're a solar installer, you can create hub content around all things related to solar panels, like uh, things like how, how much does it cost, how do I install solar panels, the benefits of it, how do they work? If you're an HVAC company, you know, you could do similar things around maintenance tips for your AC or how to choose the right heating system, you know, really things that you're already an expert around. Probably people in your industry or in your company like know, but maybe we haven't created that type of content. So putting it out on the site, it can help users better understand like why they should work with you or why you're an expert in the field.
0: Yeah, I think those are a couple of great ideas. Um, Number one, to what you touched on, I've always been a believer, Like you can borrow from the big dogs as a small business and put your own spin on it and use it your own way. I've always said too, you can always look to more progressive industries and strategies or tactics that they're doing and bring it to yours that your industry might be behind on that. But by you adopting it, now you're bleeding edge in your industry or a little bit You know, moving a little bit faster and can be a leader uh, in what you're doing. So, yeah, really great trips. And yeah, I think there's a there's a ton of opportunity for small businesses to be able to use this technique and inform their customers. Because really, at the end of the day, most local service companies, you're trying to position yourself as an expert that can help them. And this type of approach is exactly that.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. And it's like, no, we're not plagiarizing anything. We're we're just trying to mimic that visibility. And especially if we are really local, like Google would understand how local we are. And if a user is searching in our area and we don't have that content, we're not going to get found. But if we do, you know, we can actually start to compete with these bigger players. So I think that's a, that's a great point.
0: Yeah. Now, do you see, I'm I'm just kind of curious as we're talking about this, do you see this only, almost always with your clients at least um, coming to the surface in written content or you see them diversifying across video or audio imagery, what does that look like?
1: Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a mix. I think like half the battle is kind of figuring out like what does Google want to surface for these specific types of keywords? You know, sometimes it is just written content. Sometimes it's, you know, more video type content and we can kind of do a mix there. I think that's also a good first step is like, if we're trying to create this content and you don't, like let's say you don't have access to a tool where you can understand the different result types that are generated, Just go to Google, like see what shows up. If it's all videos, you should probably create a video. If, you know, if it's a mix of, no video content and written content, maybe we include in our content some type of video so we can have, you know, different ways to access to our users. So I think it's just kind of doing that research in the beginning and seeing what Google actually wants to surface for your phrase.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Let's take a time out for a second. Digital marketing agencies, I'm talking to you. You have a number of tools in your tool belt that you're using for your customers to do research, content creation, rank tracking, reporting, but what tool are you using to boost conversion for your clients? Well, Leadferno is here. Our partner program helps you deploy Leadferno for all of your customers, enabling them to be able to start text conversations right from their website with prospects in order to help them boost conversion, drive more leads, and close them faster. Find out more on how your agency can partner with Leadferno to not only help your clients boost conversion, but boost revenue as well for your agency. Leadferno.com. So let's shift now to pillar pra- pages. Um, with this, what you know, what's a little bit of the difference and what's the uh, approach to creating a pillar page?
1: Yeah, kind of what I mentioned earlier is like a pillar page is really more of a standalone piece of content. Um again there you know there's internal links on it or external links that are helpful to the user the way i really think about like whether it's what well, the main part of a pillar page is really like that in-depth comprehensive guide you know this is very long form content this is a very like advanced guide or a beginner level 101 guide around how to use a product or what a specific product is and why it's important it's it's similar in a sense of how to create it so like back to a topic cluster like we need to think of what we want to create this around first so now we want to focus on a specific topic that's really probably related to our main business line or our main service line, and then doing that research, whether it's like looking at competitors' content, is it comprehensive enough on their site? How can we do it better? And then also really making sure, you know, it's optimized properly. It's set up for success. It's technically sound, like it loads properly. It has visual, like, you know, engaging things, whether that's videos or images, and really making sure that it's answering all the questions a user might want directly on that page, so that they don't leave and they're getting all their information right there.
0: Yeah. And you have shared there are some specific types of pillar pages that you really should consider. Can you touch on those?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like so there's there's definitely a few different ones. Some of the the three main ones that I kind of focus on are the, you know, that first one is that comprehensive guide. So this think of this as like that 101 level type resource where that experienced user wants more in-depth information around a product, around a service, around how to do something.
0: We, we see this a lot in digital marketing, right? Where people, the ultimate guide to Google business profiles.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, it's got that chapter breakout. So maybe, you know, maybe someone knows the first three chapters of digital marketing, but they want more advanced information and they yep. can easily navigate to the section that is relevant to them. Google is also really smart. So if you type in very long tail keywords, you know, you might actually just, just send to that fourth part of the chapter. You don't have to read the first three chapters. Google will actually navigate you to that specific area if we're setting it up properly. Um, so yeah, that's definitely like one of the first ones is that in-depth guide. And the other two are similar in a sense where you know, they're comprehensive, but another one would be more like what is, like, and that's really targeting what is and the topic. So this is really breaking down like what it is, how, why it's important, how it works, and kind of giving that user you know, more information around what the specific topic is. Or it could be more focused on like how to do something. This would be like a how-to guide page that's you know really in depth. That's telling the user a step-by-step guide or tutorial on how to do something. Think back almost to that like Dick's Sporting Goods example and like how to do a certain activity or product. And and these you know these pillar pages are similar to that guide, but they're targeting specific keywords around what is and how to.
0: Yeah, awesome. And I immediately envisioned, especially touching on like that that guide format again for like a small business. Um, you know, to use an example for like an HVAC, creating one that is a pillar page of your ultimate guide to your winter checklist with your furnace, right? And share everything that you might do, include in that service what to look at. And in the end, you're really just trying to make that homeowner feel like, wow, there's so many things and they're important. um, And I really want to get someone in here that knows these things and can carry this out for me instead of me learning all the aspects and looking in all the right places and, and everything else.
1: Absolutely. I think that's like really a good point is like we want to make it easy for our users to know how to do something. So like creating this pillar content that, you know, has all this information, it's really just a good place, a one-stop shop for them to go and get all this relevant information.
0: So with both of these strategies, um, because uh, in staying true to the name of this podcast in Conversion Cast. What are some things, uh, tips or ideas you can give with how the marketer or creator of this should be considering conversion when they're using these approaches?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, like ranking for keywords, getting that traffic, that's all nice and good. But you no, know, in, the, in the end of the day, we, we want to see those conversions. So I think when we're creating this content, we need to have those clear call to actions. So like, let's say we have, whether it's like a top cluster page, we should always be linking back to that main product page to that main service page make it very clear like that is the end goal they might not be ready to convert right away but we have those conversion like areas on our site where we're linking back to the places where they can purchase a product where they can request a quote where they can you know do something some type of activity it could be you know signing up for a newsletter it could be you know other types of lead gen information but including those clear calls to actions on our pillar pages, on our spoke pages, on these cluster pages is really important because we can capture, you know, different types of conversions at all stages of the user's journey. We just want to make sure that it's spread spread out throughout our pages.
0: Yeah. And selfishly, I'd be a fool not to mention right now, right? One of the major benefits of Ferno is we put CTA buttons on every page, always visible on the screen. So if you deploy this and you have a topic cluster page, you have a pillar page, you have all this content, you are always going to see our call to action, letting them know that they can ask a question. They can text you that question um, a very low barrier to entry to take the next step of your content has intrigued me, inspired me, built trust. And now I want to ask something or take a next step with you. We make it so that it's always visible with that. So that that folded in really nicely, Zach. So I I can't thank you uh, enough for pointing that out. The other thing that you touched on with this is linking and internal links, right? And I just, in 20 years of SEO myself, and I'm on small business websites all day long, helping them get started with us. And this is one of the top three offenses I see is just lack of internal linking. And with what you're doing with these, internal linking is so important. So what can you touch on or tell or share us with you know, let, let's even start with the most basic, what is an internal link? And then why do you want to use these? How advantageous are they um, for a business and their web content?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm happy you brought this up because, you know, in my opinion, I think internal links are some of the most underrated and most important aspects of creating content and like ranking well for your keywords. Also just having a good experience for the users and for search engine crawlers. So taking it a step back, like what is an internal link? Essentially it just connects your pages to other pages on your site. Like the key difference here is we're linking from one of our pages to another one of our pages on our site. That's you know why it's called an internal link. It's because we have control over this and we're sending the user to somewhere else on our site that's that's related to it. So in a sense, like it's really important in my opinion for user experience because it can easily help them navigate to related content makes it very easy for them to flow throughout the site and continue their journey see what's related to you know the page they're on it's also really helpful for you know spreading that page or ranking authority and in my opinion it's it's one of the most thing it's like mo- one of the most important things to help rank better for a keyword cuz we actually can control that anchor text so we can show Google and show the user hey like this is what the page is about this is what we want this page to rank for makes it very easy for them to understand the structure of our content. You know, and it's also important for search engine crawlers. That's really the main way they get throughout our site. I think people sometimes forget, like, you know, search engine crawlers need links to go to the next page. So we don't have internal links in the body copy of our page. You know, it's hard for them to be like, okay, what's what's the next stage to go? Like, it kind of almost is a dead end to them. So that's why it's really important for user experience, for crawlability, and also just for SEO rankings.
0: Yeah, it's such a basic concept and a basic SEO tactic, but vastly uh, underused all across the board, small businesses all the way up to enterprise. Um, When I would give talks on this, I, I would always compare this to the real world of if you owned a gas station or a fast food business or a coffee shop, do you want just one road leading to your coffee shop or do you want 12 roads leading in uh, to your coffee shop or your your gas station. You, you want the 12 roads. So don't just have your navigation bar, your header navigation yep. as the only link into it. Link to it in the content as you're talking about it, right? So right when they learn or they have that aha moment or that link signals to them like, hey, there's more content or focused content or deeper content on this topic just by linking to where you're you're talking about it. So you you did a great job outlining there. Like number one, it's helpful to the user, also helpful to the search engines in uh, accessing your content. Then also helpful in understanding like what you know what is the focus uh, of this content. What is it really about? So. Yeah, I would say if you take anything away from this, like go back and look at your how, what are you doing for internal linking on your site? Are you doing enough? Is it descriptive enough? Is it helpful uh, enough? And re explore that because you can see decent gains just from that.
1: Yeah. Like this, I, I'm always surprised when people like don't have internal links on their site, but it's almost sometimes like you don't know what you don't know. So I think that is definitely like one of the key parts is like take a look at your content. If it's underperforming, it could just be that Google. Is not finding it enough? You know, we're not linking to it enough, so it, Google doesn't think that you know this page is important. So that could be a, a great way to just increase you know your performance. Um, I I try to recommend at least three internal links per page, uh, and I make sure that you know it's relevant to the other type of content that we're linking to. Whether we're linking back to that main hub page or to a product page, or we could be linking you know further down the funnel to other spoke content. It, 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 whatever we're doing, we want to make sure that we're linking to relevant content.
0: Absolutely. So, lastly, I want to uh, just kind of summarize this. So, we're doing these things, we're deploying these things. You've converted us. We understand how important topic clusters and pillar pages, and especially internal linking, is regarding all of this. How can we monitor the results so we can understand how we're performing, how we can get better, and continue on that optimization cycle?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've talked a lot about like you know the research, the the content creation process. That is only kind of like half the story. The other half is monitoring it and seeing if it works or seeing if we need to, you know, go back to stage one and kind of, you know, do some more research. So in this case, if you have like an SEO platform or a tool or even like Google Search Console, we want to kind of set up maybe an initial benchmark report to understand how is our site doing today? You know, how is this specific product performing? How is this, you know, area of the business doing right now before we even create the content. Then as we start to create it, you know, monitor the keywords that we're trying to rank for, monitor the new pages that we created, see how they're doing, just, you know, tie them together to understand, hey, did the keywords that we wanted to rank better, are they ranking for the right page? Is this page getting traffic? What's going on there? And then I think it's also really important to like keep people in the business in, in on your team, like updated throughout the process, like show them the wins, no matter how small. I think that's one of the best ways to get more buy-in down the road, like keep people updated on keyword rankings, how we move to page one, on small traffic wins, on conversion wins, or even like on market share, like, hey, we just beat out this competitor or now we're competing with them and we're on page one with them. Just keeping people involved in the journey can really show why it's working and how well it's working. And then, you know, we can repeat these areas for other areas of the business and it's easier to get that buy-in. Or we learn, hey, this didn't work well. We have to go back to stage one, do a little bit more research and try to, you know, find the right keywords to target.
0: Yeah, I really like the point of, you know, um, sharing and reporting out the wins, even the the smallest of wins. Um, one thing I get a lot of feedback from our digital marketing agencies that use our product with their clients is we surface for them what page they were on when that conversation started. Nice. So it allows them to point out when they are creating content and doing content marketing form that this didn't come from your homepage. It didn't come from your contact page. It didn't come from the service page. It came from this blog post. It came from this content area case study um, that that we've put together. So it's this content specifically we put to help the user, educate the user, do these other things, not your standard high converting pages where this conversation actually started from. So being able to identify and know that these, you know. Uh, content hubs and pillar pages and things like that have mm-hmm. uh, contributed to that. Is, is definitely important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, like the teams know we're not just creating content and just going out there into the ether and nothing's happening. Yeah. It's like no, this is actually helping our 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 main business lines. This is helping us get more conversions. We need to actually do more of this for the other areas.
0: Yeah, and there's so many ways to even understand that more nowadays besides just. Page visits. You can, you know, use tools to see how much of the page they've consumed and Mm -hmm. engaged with, and and things like that. So um, there's really no reason not to get a good picture on how that content is and these strategies are performing for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, by sharing these wins, we can break down those silos internally, and it's just a lot easier to work with the other teams that you know help us create that content, whether it's technical or content or design, whoever it is. It's going to be a lot easier than next time around,
0: for sure. Zach, this has been great. I so appreciate everything that you've shared with us uh, today regarding these these strategies. Um, if people want to uh, connect with you or stay in tune with other, I know through Conductor you do a lot of uh, webinars and you know sharing out content, things like that. Where are the best places for them to do that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I would recommend you know connecting with me on LinkedIn. That's where I'm really sharing. You know, the the upcoming webinars that I'm joining, whether it's you know with Conductor or with another search engine publication. So, you know, I recommend uh, following me there and happy to talk more about any of your questions around, you know, topic clusters or anything related to SEO.
0: Great. I will link to Zach's uh, LinkedIn profile in the show notes. And with that, Zach, thank you so much for joining us on Conversion Cast. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. This is great.